0: The Lord is good. All the time. I said the Lord is good. All the time. All right, let's open our Bibles quickly to declare the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we are going to start, we are going to read two of them, so get ready. We'll read Psalm 29 to start. It's a prayer and at the same time declaring the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then we'll also read from Colossians chapter 1, Psalm 29. We are going to read the whole of the Psalm, all right? Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf, and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord heals out flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer to calf, and strips the forest bare, and in his temple everything says, Glory. The Lord sat as king at the flood, Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. I want you to read verses 10 and 11 again. Now, this time around, um, you are declaring over this city, you are declaring over this state, and you are declaring over this nation. Do you understand that? You are declaring over every road in Nigeria, over every village, over every town, over every city over every seat of government, over every political party, yes. over the economy. You are declaring over, most importantly, the church of God in this nation. Now let's take verses 10 and 11 again. One to let's go. The Lord stands as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The, the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Say an amen to that. Amen. Now let's do one more time. 10 and 11. The Lord sat as king at the flood. Yes, the Lord sits as king forever. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Amen. 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 All right, quickly let's do Colossians chapter 1 also. I love that so much. I think, well, now you can disagree with me, but um, (laughs) I think that's the most important portion of the whole Bible. Yes, I think so. Like I said, you're entitled to a different opinion. But I've read the Bible a bit. I don't think there's anything more important than this to Christianity. Yeah. Christianity, I say it all the time, it's not about um, good works. It's not even about, oh, I know there's a God somewhere. Christianity is the fact that God manifested in flesh. That's what it's about. And we believe in him. So let's read this again, Colossians chapter 1. read from verse 13 to verse 20. Read it like you are rejoicing. I hope you're getting my point. Read it like you are happy to know it. Read it like you are not doubting it. Read it like you are glad this is what your life is about. Want to let us go. For He rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created, Both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure. For all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. That's Jesus we just talked about. I said that's Jesus we just talked about. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Jesus, today we worship you again. We say you are worthy to receive our worship. You are worthy to receive our praise. We give you thanks. We worship the Father. We worship the Father. We say, You are worthy, Jesus, to receive glory and honor and majesty and power and strength. For you give your life for us, and because of you, we live forever. Thank you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we we'll pray. Amen. Now let's take our season a moment before that. Let's really take our declaration of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare, now I declare that, that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to His Word. The Word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 A word of power is coming to somebody this morning. Amen. Power to heal the sick, amen. power to raise the dead, amen. power to open blind eyes. Amen. Receive it this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's take our seats quickly. All right. Again, good morning, everybody. You're so blessed. Do you know that? Yes. Why? Because you left your homes early this morning to come and hear the word of God. That is why I said what I said. And we're going to continue teaching this morning again about the new man and the new world. Our emphasis again is that God's plan is to create a people for himself. And we just want to understand what has been going on all these years. We said at the beginning, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And that thing is still going on. He said it. That's his eternal plan for you and me. Is to make man in his image and to make man in his likeness. That is God's eternal plan for you and for me. The fact that he said it one time does not mean it has been done. It means a process has begun and that process is still going on. Sometimes we think that, after he, that when he said it, He formed man, just assume it is done. So every other thing is a problem. No. It's a process. The whole thing is a process. I hope you're getting my point. The whole thing is a process. When man was made, Adam was made, that was the first stage. I don't think the fall of man took God by surprise. Do you get my point? He already had a plan. The coming of Jesus was not an emergency measure to solve a critical problem that arose without the architect's knowledge. You understand? He's building and building, then he got somewhere and discovers that on the fifth floor, the decking is about to collapse so they are not looking for another. No, it's not like that. From the beginning, he knew that, don't worry, when they get to the fifth floor, they are going to have this apparent problem. But because of that, I already redesigned something along the line. So they are going to insert this and insert that, and that problem is going to be corrected. That's how God reasons. I hope you're getting my point. You can't catch him by Your problems can't catch him by surprise. God sent you something along the line there's not a problem. He good. hey, God, did you know this will happen? Do you have any solution? Because he, wait, wait, we just, we don't move. Let me look for something. Let me look for something. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Before you get there, you knew all the problems you have along the way. We look at it sometimes. We think he did not know that that would misbehave. Of course he did. But that didn't scuttle the process. That did not scuttle the whole purpose. Let me put it like that. That's better. It did not scuttle the purpose. He's still going to get to where he's going to get to. And all these things that have happened over the last few thousands of years, they are just like... It's just um, just a a flick in the scope of eternity to turn out to be a very small thing. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, and all the problems you are seeing around, a time will come you will not even remember them. When God will have established His purpose, I hope you're getting my point. So the purpose is to create man in His image, and after His likeness. And when Jesus rose up from the dead, we've jumped everything. Of course, we've been talking a lot. The sacrifice of God when He rose up from the dead. He came to that that room where the disciples were gathered. And he imparted that spirit upon them. He said, receive Holy Spirit. That's literal Greek. Receive Holy Breath. Receive, just like Adam at the beginning. We breathed into him the breath, breath of life. Now, receive Holy Impartation. A new creation happened that day. A new species of mankind was made. Before that time, there was Homo sapiens Adamus. After that, now became Homo sapiens Christus. I hope you're getting my point. Two totally different species. They may look alike, but something totally different. I said, it, look, there, no matter how much you train, a very highly, I mean, the, the chimp is very close to human beings when it comes to the genetic makeup. More, more than 97% congruency. Very, very similar. But teaching from now to tomorrow, it can never speak. God didn't give it the ability to receive speech. I hope you're getting my point. So, so even though Homo sapiens Adamus looks very similar to Homo sapiens Christus, do you follow my point? Yeah, there are two actually different species. And there are things that the new creation can receive and can do that the old cannot do. And most importantly, we'll see it as we go on, most importantly, a time will come that there will be a resurrection from the dead. And those that believe this new creation Receive a resurrection body with which they will live forever. Now, it's a matter of fact that what God wanted Adam to do was also to receive that. That's why he put the, the tree of life. Adam was supposed to, through a process of, now listen to this, laying down the natural inclinations. Spirituality is developed through laying down natural things. Do you follow my point? No, listen, if all you are doing is praying and praying and praying, nothing has been removed from your life. You are not making any progress. You hear what I said? Spiritual, spiritual progress is marked by you take what is natural, you lay it down for that which is spiritual. That's what it does. Okay? Adam was supposed to do that after a time, he will reach a particular point. God will now tell him, stretch forth to the tree of life and eat the fruit thereof. You will have eaten, you will have been transformed. And that's it, you will never die again. That's the plan. And that plan is still on course, it has not been scuttled. All right? All right, the Lord is good. So we're talking about that new creation in Christ Jesus. Now one thing I want to emphasize is the fact that the problem with Christianity maybe I should start with that. The problem with Christianity is that I'm quoting somebody now but I can't remember the person exactly or his exact words is that the full power of it has not is really tested or really engaged by those who claim to believe. Yesterday you know I watched things on YouTube all right. So yesterday I watched one particular man. Now I won't tell you his name because until then, I thought he was not a Christian, but he used to speak some very conservative principles, all right? I thought he was not a Christian. He was a university professor and then not a public speaker. I didn't know it was a... So yesterday, he, I stumbled on something he said, you know, where the, the headline was what caught my attention, a message to the Christian church. So I thought this man was... The impression I had of him was I didn't believe in God. Maybe an atheist or an agnostic. I'm not sure. When I say, message of Christian church, I say, okay, let me listen to it. But because I let it to play while I was busy. I didn't hear everything he was saying, and he was giving a speech. So, when you are giving a speech and you are not speaking by spiritual inspiration, it's a bit boring. So, it's difficult to focus on, alright? But towards the end, he said something, which I said, oh, but I was in a hurry. I was rushing somewhere. But I left that screen on that when I come back, I'll play it. I've not had time to go back. This was just yesterday. And the man said something. He said, to the church. He said, go to bars. Now, listen to this. <laughs> he said, go to the bar. Hmm? Where men, young, if I, his focus was young men. Where young men go to drink. He said, put a sign that if you want answers to life about this, call this number. Give them direction to your church. I don't know what i are getting. It. Yes, he said, put a sign outside. A billboard. And tell people that if you want answers to life, if you want this. And speak about what you know with confidence. He now said, stop trying to save the planet. The souls of men need salvation. Uh-uh. Yes, you know, I was shocked. Oh, I thought that guy was not a Christian. I just knew he used to do conservative values. But the impression I was given was this guy doesn't believe in God. I'm not saying he does, but what he was trying to say is that if you guys say you are the church and you have answer, answers to the questions of the souls of men, he said, why are you joining those who are feeding the poor and trying to save the planet? Now, this is where I'm going. Why did I remember him? I've heard different preachers say, it, and I believe it as I'm quoting it, that the problem with Christianity, let's put it like this, the Christians are not serious. They don't focus on Christianity. They focus on, you no, know, the world will be trying to give them things to do. Eh? People are not helping the poor. So you see us who go and buy bread, begin to the poor, and they'll be filming us with the camera. Why? You want to show that we are helping the poor. You see us get involved in corporate social responsibility. As if it's our primary assignment. Now, this man is not a churchman. I doubt that he's a Christian. But he has looked at the problems of mankind. He's a psychologist. That's his profession. He's a professor of psychology. He has looked at the questions of mankind. And he said, look guys, all of us can't be trying to save the planet. Some of you try and save the souls of men. What am I saying? Many times, Christians are not focused on their primary assignment in life. That's one. Number two, even in their own personal lives, they are not focused on the power. Please, open your Bibles quickly. Ephesians chapter 1. Quickly. Ephesians chapter 1. I want to read a prayer that Paul prayed. A very well-known prayer. It was drummed into us as young men when we were studying the Word of Faith. It's one of the greatest lessons we learned from there. Lessons which we must never forget. Paul was praying for the church in Ephesus. And this letter was for, the, for all the churches, actually. We'll start from verse 15. For this reason, I too... He was saying some things before, but it's the prayer we want to look at. So that's why we're taking from the middle of that thought. For this reason, I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists... Among you and your love for all the saints. for this reason, I do not cease giving thanks for you. having is a while-making mention of you in my prayers. What am I praying for? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart or the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so that you will know. Now, please follow this. What does he want you to know? I pray that your eyes of the eyes of your heart will be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling. That calling is Christ likeness. Please, the word calling in scripture be very careful when you are using the New Testament. The primary calling for every believer is a call to become like Christ Jesus. It's not the call, are you an apostle, are you a prophet, are you an evangelist, are you a teacher, are you a pastor? That's not what it calls calling most times. It's a called as saints. That sainthood is the primary calling. And it's something you have been called to come and accomplish. Something you have been called to come and perfect. Something you have been called to come and walk in until you attain perfection therein. Bear that in mind. He said so. Paul said, so that you may understand what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That is, there are things that God prepared in the, uh, for himself and for the saints. The glories thereof. Please, let me, I need to quickly um, flip to a simpler translation as I'm going on to be able to explain some of these things. Verse 18. New Living Translation says, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Very important. And what is the surpassing greatness of his power that works toward us who believe? I, think I want you to follow that. That there is a kind of power that is great and surpasses all other powers that walks towards those who believe in Christ Jesus. He said, I pray that you will understand this incredible greatness of God's power. He said, this is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Please, let me stop reading here. Now, why I read this is for us to understand something that we need to understand that the life God has called Christians to is not the same old life. And there's something about faith, things of faith. Please follow this. If you don't know it, it doesn't benefit you. Let me go back it again. In matters of faith, if you don't know it, it does not benefit you. It's the reason why God, one of the assignments of prophets, all right, that's one of the assignments of prophets, is to show people what God wants to do so that God's power can be released in that area. Now, when prophets have spoken, now teachers arise, and they start breaking it down, and try they start emphasizing it. That's why the foundation of the church is apostles and prophets. They have to bring those things down. Everything you read in scripture here is prophetic. When I say prophetic, it's not predictive. Now, there's a difference between predictive and prophetic. Predictive is... I've added 2 plus 2 is equal to 4. Are you getting my point? Prophetic is that 4 is desired. You need to bring 2, you need to bring 2. I don't know whether you're getting my point. So that if you don't bring 2, 4 will never come. But the desire is 4. So prophetic gives you the plan, but does not guarantee the fulfillment. People don't realize that. Prophetic gives you the terms and conditions that need to be fulfilled for the plan to be fulfilled. Do you get my point? So prophetic is like an architectural drawing. It gives it to you. These are the different layers. The architects draw, they draw the and draw, they draw the foundation, draw this, draw the cars at the end, draw the roof. Different drawings. If you take the foundation and run with it. Now, this is what a prophet will do. Okay? He can give you the picture of the final building, three-dimensional. keeps it there. Do you follow? That's what he does. Then the teacher comes, looks at the building, and says, listen, this building, hmm? now those who don't understand the prophetic, they say, this building is coming to pass. Hey, This building is coming to pass. Well, there's a building coming. A thousand years will pass. The building has not come. Then the, the aposto- apostles go around, declaring those words. Prepare. There's a building to come. They take the prophetic word from place to place. So that everybody can start getting ready. Then you now see teachers who come along the line, and start saying that. Somebody you wonder whether they know there's a building. I hope you get my point. But you know people like building. Oh, the building is coming. The building is coming. Let's begin to pray. Building. Building. The comes in the morning, doesn't say anything about the building. Five keys to foundation lane. <laughs> Do you get my point? You dig in a straight line, you dig six feet, you pour concrete. You lay blocks. You pack granite. And it keeps teaching and teaching and teaching. So people are looking at a building alone. They don't learn how to lay foundations. A thousand years will pass. And there will be no building. But if only they would have paid attention to the step-by-step instruction of the word. Along the line, a prophet can come also. Take, pull out the drawing of the foundation. And say, that's what the pre- teacher has been telling you. This is what you will do with it. Then we start laying foundations. Repentance from dead works. Do you get my point? We start laying foundations. Baptisms. Laying on of hands. We start putting those things in place. We know how to put our lives in order. And many times people, because there's no building I've ever seen. You see the 3D and you see the foundation. Okay, we're in a particular big plaza here. Have you ever seen the foundation? Once you see the foundation, there's a problem. You're not supposed to see the foundation. And so when you see a prophetic declaration like that sometimes, you don't also see the foundation. But without the foundation, it will never be built. That is the difference between the prophetic and the predictive. The prophetic calls for responsibility. It tells you if you don't do your part, that building will be a photo for 5,000 years. The time will come, some people will say that eh now so they tell us now. Nothing happened. God said, No, something is happening, but it will not be accomplished in your generation wide irresponsibility. Do you get my point? It's very important we get these things. So when God has a plan, He gives us, you know, see the work with God I found out is cool. You have to be a student. You have to be careful to learn. You have to be patient. You have to walk with him step by step. There's no hurry. You can't harass him that by next, before you are 30, he must be a millionaire. It does not exist. That's not Christian preaching. That's a joke. It's motivational preaching that missed his way into church. God doesn't give stupid... I'm sorry, that's a word... Stupid and silly ideas like 10 keys to becoming a multi-millionaire before you are 30. That's a very satanic motivation. Satan has crept into church. We think God is the God of success. God is the God of everything, but that's not what we mean. What do we mean? The reason why I come into church, is why I go hammer, like one guy said, <laughs> I like that joke. where it rhymes. It's because you know I'm a poet, in my spirit. He said Jehovah Sharma. You make me hammer. I will buy hammer. That was the time hammer was still raining. Some people now come to church. That's what they think Christianity is about. So, the church that grows is the church that teaches 10 kids every Sunday. So, that somebody can hammer before he's 40 and be a billionaire. If you have believed that, let me just tell you in simple terms you have been misled. You are confused. You don't know Christ. Many people are in church, they don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know God. Oh, what were we reading? Was it he here we were reading yesterday about those who don't know God? I was talking about those in church. I think that revelation we're reading. Everyone in church, they don't know God. They are confused. They came to church to come and look for the key to breakthrough. One of my friends, they say, You can't harass God. There's no hurry about Him. You can't. Christianity is a, is a school of discipleship. You just are learning from Jesus Christ daily. Why am I saying so? Because he brings those plans. If, you've ever, if you ever, you should talk to an architect one day, and show you see one simple building like this. If you the number of drawings they have on it, they have drawings of what it will look like from the side here. From they have the 3D, which is just what it will look like when it is finished. But that is the simple part. Because there's a drawing for the foundation. Every layer has a different drawing. Every layer, they have drawings for electricals, drawing for drainage, drawing for this. And that's Christianity. Each drawing is given to you, then you start perfecting it. And one of the things about Christianity is that we don't even know how it's going to, everything's going to add together. You don't know. It just teaches you how to lay the foundation. You learn it. A walk with God is a constant, persistent, patient walk. There's nothing like, God, I've worked with you for five days. Now, what's going to happen next? It's like, God, now what I mean, that when are we reaching the thing you want to give me now? No. If you have learned the lessons for today, you have applied it in your life, go to the next one. Then one day you will look back. And you know, you see, many of the things he's even doing. It's not just about you. There's a bigger picture. So there are things like Abraham. Abraham lived his life and then he died. Not even seen. Of course, he saw visions of it. But in his own time, the coming of Jesus did not happen. But he was laying a foundation for the coming of Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting my point here. So let's be, that's Christianity. We have to work with God constantly. Because along the line, we are learning. I'm talking about the difference between the prophetic and the predictive. The prophetic puts responsibility on us. So, this building God wants to bring to life, you have to learn how to lay foundations. It's as the one who's laying the foundation, the one who's doing electricals, the one who's doing the roof, as each person puts his own together, then you see the plan of God will now be fulfilled. That's what the prophetic is. That is why it's a false prophet. You know I say this all the time. And you know why I keep saying it? I want everybody to believe it. It's true. It's a false prophet that does not put responsibility upon you, but points accusing fingers around you. Go and read it. When Jesus showed up to correct the church, that was a prophetic anointing in Revelation. He told them things that were, most of the things he said were the things they were doing wrong then look. I don't have much to tell you. You are doing okay. A few of them, but most, de- most of them, this is wrong. This is wrong. Correct this. Correct this. Otherwise, that's the prophetic ministry. Most of the prophets of the old, uh, the, under the old order, all them um, from Samuel, who was also a judge and a priest, but let's come down to the Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Uh, let's leave Daniel, because the Jews did not see Daniel as a prophet, okay? But Daniel was not one of the prophets under the what Jewish canon, all right? He's one of the writings. So let's jump Daniel for a moment. But all of them, uh, Zephaniah, Zechariah, Haggai, all the way to Malachi, okay? All of them, Jonah. Go and check it. They always brought correction. Two things they brought. But most of it was correction. The other one is hope. They brought correction, then they brought what? Hope. But most of the time, it's correction. Don't do this. This is the result of this. This is where you are going to go. You are suffering because of this. You need to repent. You need to be reconciled. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. You hear Isaiah say that again and again. That is the job of a prophet. The ones that see visions and tell you that there are people who don't like you, they are false. There are plenty. They are the common ones around here now. But I tell you, by the Spirit of God, they are all false prophets. The one that decipher who is against you is a false prophet. I don't care. He may be the bishop of your denomination. There's one very handsome one I used to see those days on TV. I think he's still there. And There's a way I judge people. This guy, very, you know, when you're handsome, it's very difficult to realize you're false. You know? It's true now. see, if you're a handsome guy and you wear fine suits, that's the number one way to hide the fact that you're a false prophet. Now, let just teach you how to do false prophecy. Now, we're not, not so you could do it, but so you can identify them. Number one, be handsome. Have a nice haircut. All right? Wear a nice suit. Don't go and be wearing a robe. Wear a nice suit. Do you follow? Are you taking notes? (laughs) (laughs) Then go and buy the book of a genuine prophet or pastor, teacher. Hmm? Memorize it. If you do these things, then people will be following you first, thinking you are real. And you must understand what the Bible calls impostors. The real Greek is that they are enchanters and diviners. So you go and go to a shrine and go and learn some juju. There's one guy in way who does that. He fits everything I've told you. He has even grown a beard in recent times. It's all over town. That's exactly what he has done. Handsome, young man, wears fine suits, and he has learned enchantments. And people are following him. And then they specialize. So this guy used to watch on TV. One they say he was ministering to people. He would call somebody. He said, "You, you will come. So you're a rising star in your in your family, but there are people who don't like you. Your uncle does not want you to succeed. Your auntie is a witch. Your cousin is a wizard. They are all against you. But today it is over. It is over. It is over. It is over. Then you will fall down under one stupid power. If you don't fall down, the guy go clear. You go push you over. You go, go. You are going down. You are going down. You are going down. And it was going one." <laughs> There was one he did that he laughed. I had a good laugh. I said, you know, when people are doing drama, please, people, if you are listening to this, when there's, maybe you are, from, uh, you are from America, and they don't do foolish things like this, please don't be angry with us. This is Nigeria. It's, we have spread it all over Africa. So I need to educate people so that they will be they will be informed and they will be protected from such people. They are all over the place. So this particular day was given a word. I had a good laugh. What's that guy's name now? Or that girl's name. He called one guy. He was supposed to travel. Can you call? Can you call? After doing his divination on the guy, he now said, you are here with your fiancé? He said, yes. Where is she? They called her. I assume her name is... uh, Give me a name. An English name. Somebody say Laura. What kind of name is that? Those are very high-tech names. I want normal, common English names. Like Angela, thank you. <laughs> Not names I have to twist my tongue to pronounce. Okay, let's look for a name from the Bible. What's the name of that uh, uh, matter? Thank you. He said, Call me matter. So, so he said, Matter, matter, come. Matter to kill. He said, So you're supposed to travel anytime you want to make progress, something will go wrong. He said, Yes, yes, man of God. Yes, man of God. Then he turned and said, But matter, why? He uh-huh. <laughs> one is matter, why? She said, this is your this your girlfriend, our fiance, took it to her pastor. He said, Yes, took it to this one. She brought money to help you. You are supposed to travel next week, then your passport that contains your visa is missing. The guy said, Yes, pastor, yes, man of God. Nathan said, Mata, why? Let's make a long story short. Mata is the one hiding the passport. And the guy wanted to eat Mata right on the spot. I said, I was laughing. I said, drama. People came to church to watch show. But this is not true. Yes, it's all false. Are you there? Do I need to be there? Can't I identify When I say They're all joking. They're all acting drama. It's the same man that participated in healing the same person in three different places. They paid $10,000. Oh, you seem to know this guy. Very handsome. Is that handsomeness that they used to catch people? There's one big one in Lagos. I first knew it used to look scrawny and like look like one village prophet. And the package became very handsome. You take the book of one well-known teacher of the world, cram it, then come to church and recite it. And people who don't know. They say, can you say it's a false prophet? You want to hear it? I know false prophets when I see them. I begin to suspect I have an anointing for that. But yet it's not an anointing. It's just a simple thing. Like now. Once they are focusing on who's afflicting you, that's what I'm trying to emphasize. They're always false. Always. Always false. You have a near-miss syndrome. So they have to identify which of your aunties or your cousins or your church or your deboss in the office or on the street that doesn't want you to progress. Any prophet that's involved in that is false. I'm not joking about it. I'm not missing words. Any prophet involved in that is false. They are actually not prophets, they are diviners. What they are doing is what the Bible calls divination. I know the painful part. I keep saying this, and those people should be stubborn in their heart. You see, I'm saving you time. Agreeing with me or not is not what the issue is, it's your life. It might take you 10 years of chasing shadows. Then you now say, Pastor man, he told me this in the year 2015. I wish I had believed him then. But you know why you don't believe him? Or why you did not? Or you don't want to believe him now? Because I take the responsibility and put it on you. And it's heavy. Who wants responsibility? I'm telling you, you are lazy. I'm telling you, you are irresponsible. I'm telling you, you are dishonest. I'm telling you, you cannot be relied upon. I'm telling you, every customer that has left you, they left you because you are an undependable human being. You say it's near success syndrome. So your business is not moving. Yes, you need a new customer every month. They don't ever come back three times. They come once, come twice, they leave. You don't ask them why they leave. You say it's your auntie that doesn't want them to come back. That they have rough shit on your body. And the prophet tells you that. The problem with true prophets is that they put too much responsibility on you. They will tell you, break away from the iniquity. They will tell you, go and purify your motives not that you do. Stop trying to milk your customers. They will tell you. They will make it clear that you are the problem. That's why you don't like them. I mean, all your life you were told. Your father raised you up thinking that witches are the problem. Your mother raised you up thinking that witches, believing that witches are the problem. That anybody, anybody. One of my colleagues was in a, he hired a taxi. Take me to a back leaky. He paid the taxi man so he has a right to sleep. Except that he was woken up with a jolt, as the car ran off the road and was bouncing on rough ground, stems of trees, roots of trees sticking out of the ground, and it was bouncing off of that. That was when he woke up. Then just before they hit a big tree that would have given them deployed their airbags if they had, maybe killed one of the, or two of them, or injured both of them severely, the car sank into soft earth. So that sinking stopped the motion of the car. He woke up. At that point, the driver jumped out, looked at his damaged vehicle, and shouted, Who is doing this to me? He said, I wanted to kill him. That's what he told me. He said, I wanted to kill him. He said, it was so obvious. It was so clear. This guy does not sleep. In trying to make ends meet, he was working morning, Day and night. My wife used to have a driver. One day I wanted to go to Nsuka. So I said, well, the driver is not doing much today. Can he come and drive me? She said, no problem. I was with my son. Sat at the back. My son sat on the side with me. I were going on the road. Good enough. I didn't have too much trust in that human being. So I was, you know, I was reading. Okay, now look, the bush suddenly get closer to me. <laughs> so I'll cough loud so as to rattle him. He'll wake up. Of course, as I see that, I look in the review mirror to catch his eyes. And of course, his eyes are seventy percent closed. So I will cough. <coughs> then he will wake up. At that point in time, do I need to tell you? I did not, I didn't, I kept my eyes. <laughs> After a few minutes, this time around, the bush is not coming close to me. I can see me going to the bush. <laughs> I saw the vehicle heading in the bush direction again. I coughed again. He woke up again. I called his name. He said, sir. I said, park. I said, park. He parked. I, got, I came down, opened the driver's door, and said, Come down. Came down, can I have my keys? Go sit on the other side. I didn't tell him anything. For information, I'm a good driver. This is not bragging. It's not bragging. I've been driving long distances. I was 13, 14. All right? No, that's not a joke. I would drive for two hours, my father is asleep beside me. And I was 13, 14. I didn't even talk to the guy. I drove down to where I was going to the campus to do something, and it took me so a few hours. I left him there because I knew he would sleep. Now, where I'm telling the whole story is that when I returned and told my wife what happened, my wife said, Augusta, you were sleeping. Is that impossible! <laughs> <laughs> That's impossible! How can he sleep? He has never slept while driving all his life. So, my wife said, So, why did guy collect the car? He said, I was not going fast enough. <laughs> That's what the man said to my wife. He said, guy said I was not fast enough that he's in a hurry. <laughs> and my wife told me that the next day he came to work. And my wife beside me, I said, I called his name, Mr. He said, Sir. Sir, I said, You are telling me, you told my wife that you were not sleeping yesterday. He, of course, I couldn't talk in front of him. I said everything that happened in front of him while my wife was listening. You know what he said? It is well. <laughs> he said it is well. Such a person will go and say, So, oh, that guy one after my wife fired him, she had to fire me, of course, of course. Later as, as he said he has opened the church. Of course, do I need to tell? And he has a sweet mouth too. His mouth is sweet. Very, di- one of the most dishonest human beings you ever met. Very dishonest. In pursuit of small gain. Is the church still there? Do you know? That church can't last. He's too dishonest for that church to last. Even for a false prophet, he can't succeed. <laughs> now, what am I trying to say? You see, they say one thing about. Genuine prophets. They put the burden on you. They put the burden on you. So like I was saying, my colleague said he wanted to kill that guy. See, this guy obviously wasn't sleeping. Those of you who came for Bible study yesterday, we were discussing, we have an interactive Bible study in the evenings on Fridays. One of our brothers said that he went for night vigil. He prayed and prayed the whole night, then got back home, freshened up, and took his ride. Wanted to go and make some money. And somebody woke him up on the road. He said, boy, wake up. He was right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then he read from, for us here, Psalm 127, that it is vain to rise up early. Please, who has that thing in Living Bible? How did you read it again? Living Bible, not the New Living, New Living Bible. Please read it for me. Apostle, you have it there? Yes, sir. He read it for us yesterday. Go ahead. It is senseless for you to walk so hard Exactly. He said, It's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning to late at night, fearing you will starve to death. He said, That was why. He said, It was fear of starvation that made him. Instead of sleeping, he said, That day, he had to pray that God, please help me get back home. So he was riding his uh, tricycle, his keke, he was riding it back. He said, Go to Kenyatta, he fell asleep again. <laughs> he was just praying to God and beg. I won't do it again. Help me get back home. You know, some people actually think that because prayer, you pray the whole night. God will not give an anointing of staying awake. No. God will say, now that I've prayed the whole night, go and sleep the whole day. But first problem will say, ah, you were driving yesterday. He said, yes. yes, Papa. Yes. Yes. Yes, man of God. He, say, he began to fall asleep. Yes, yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. Yes, daddy. He said, the witches were blowing on your eyes. They are blowing. Said, is your wife here? He said, Yes, yes, my wife. is said, You call your wife out. He said, Madam, why? <laughs> now, the Madam said, Pastor, you are not well. If this man dies, who, who will take off his children? Why would I want to blow his eyes so he can fall asleep? Do you know how many children we have? He said, Husband, I did not blow your eyes. This pastor is not normal. By the way, those false prophets, they have scattered homes. Please let me give you an instruction if you are listening to me this morning. If any false prophet pointed fingers at your wife as the cause of your problems and you never suspected, hmm? he's lying. You can't be the husband to a wife and you will not know that he's the one causing your problem. If they have to come and by revelation disclose to your wife, is a witch. They are lying to you. There's a story I heard of told it a few times in my preaching. I read it in a, a, something somebody forwarded it online or in a newspaper, I can't remember. Somewhere, no, not the newspaper, but an article somewhere. Then I, I now said something. I narrated the story here when I was preaching. And I said that young man, his life will not be normal, that he's been corrupted. Now, what happened was that his father was doing well in business and some things went bad. The whole family now began to have issues. His sister took ill and died along the line. So the pastor went to, the father went to MFM, the mother went to a redeemed branch. Alright, sorry, I'm not trying to insult any church, but this is actually what happened. Okay? Two different churches. Now, one thing about churches that have many branches, they have all kinds of pastors. Yes. So this happens to be two branches with two crazy pastors. Alright? Two crazy people. In one The woman was told, the one that went to, where the woman went to, the pastor told her that your husband is an occultist. And he has sacrificed your daughter to make money. Where the husband went, they said to him, your wife is a witch. Is the reason why your business has gone down. Now please, what kind of home do you think that's going to be after that? So, the young man telling the story was of his parents. He remarked the fact that his father had either a master's or a PhD. Either a master's degree or a PhD. And the mother also a university graduate, at least, or possibly with a master's degree. But he had more than a BSc or a bachelor's, something, maybe a postgraduate diploma, added something to her first degree. So, there's a home of educated people. So, what was annoying him? was that how cool educated people have believed such nonsense. He's a young man he was writing. When I finished writing, reading the whole thing, you will be amazed. I looked, I said, this young man is going to live a very useless life. Why? He hasn't taken correction. Unfortunately, the experience of his family has led him astray. So you know why I said so? Because now he is angry with religion. That is the problem with religion. No, that's not the problem with religion. That's the problem with false prophets. It's like I give you ten thousand naira. You say, "Oh, thank you, pastor." I say, "No, no, no. Don't, don't worry about it. I just dash you ten thousand naira. You take it. You go to a shop down the road. You you eat. You, you know, you restaurant. You eat. You went with two of your friends. Time to pay. They give you a bill of nine thousand five. You say it's not a big deal. You bring out the ten thousand naira I gave to you. And they look at it and say, sir, these are fake currency notes. You don't have any other money. They call police for you. Police arrest you, they lock you up for possession of fake currency. You say I'm the one that gave it to you. Look for me, me, I don't disappear. After we met somewhere at another bar. Do you get my point? Then you now go and testify tomorrow. This is the problem with currency notes. Nobody should deal with currency. Does it make sense? I gave you fake currency. It's because there's genuine That was why you believed me in the first place. You were not smart enough to decipher counterfeit notes when you saw them. It would be quite silly eh, for you to now go. Around some people say, eh, currency is fake. Oh. Notes are fake. Why? The other day I went to eat. I paid with, uh, with um, some notes. I landed in police, police custody. It took them a while to believe that I was not a, 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 a peddler of currency. You didn't use the word fake. It took me them a while to dismiss. They were going to charge me to court for possession of currency. You didn't use the word fake. So everybody, please, only pay with your ATM cards. Use your debit cards alone. Do bank transfers. Currency is nonsense. Now, does that make sense? Once you get into such a situation, you know I gave you Counterfeit notes. You is clear. I mean, most of us adults have held them at certain times or the other. There have been times, you know, you go to the bank, you give them a bundle of you, they, they just they pull one out, check something, and puncture holes in it. It's not your fault. Somebody gave it to you. But you don't quarrel and say, I know they touch neither again. I know they touched neither again. The young man said, No, that's the problem. How can really it not run away from religion? Not that I read it, I said these boys, because you know, again, just a small digression. I know spiritual activities when I see it. I said those spirits that went after his parents, they entered that family. See, it's not possible for a spirit to catch a man, another one to catch the woman. Those spirits are friends, okay? But they came from different churches, okay? And they'll leave the children alone. No, they, they, they can't. The only deliverance those children will have is if they got genuine faith. Then with their prayer, they can deliver their parents. But this one, you know what he did? He now ran away from faith entirely. So I knew the spirits had gotten. You know, I just knew. And I was reading this somewhere. So I, I narrated this account online, it just as I was preaching. And one brother was falling from somewhere. He's a minister. I said, this boy's life can never be normal. He called me. He said, sir, I know that story. The guy is my cousin. He said, you are absolutely correct. His life is not normal. He said, he has not been able to graduate from university, not for lack of funds. He says, Been getting from one problem into another one. He described the boy's life for me. I say It's clear. You have to understand, you are dealing with spirits here. Those things are more powerful than you. The only deliverance you have is Christ Jesus. And he rejected Christ because of fake prophets. Let me say what I'm saying again today. I've not said it in a while. If they told you your wife is a witch and you did not know, you've been living in the house we have for the last 10 years. A prophet now came to leak to you that she's a witch. He's a liar. Hey, his suit is fine. He's handsome. And he has a nice car. And the church is big. He's normal. Number one false prophet of Africa, according to Sadu Salvaraj. When you see his church, my father in heaven, when they were watching him on TV, they will say overflow one. Overflow two. Overflow three. Overflow four. Overflow seven. Or something like that. And jump number all the way to eight. Each overflow was a massive tent. Which if an average pastor had that as a congregation. He would think he had succeeded in building a big church. These are his overflows. He could gather a hundred thousand people in one service. Also a young man. Handsome guy. Drives a Bentley. And he could prophesy, he can prophesy. And as he's prophesying, they're always healing him. Next point you bear in mind, any man they are healing as his prophesying is a false prophet. You know, I don't, today, let's, let's, let's explain these things. Any person they are healing as his prophesying is a false prophet. I don't care. Now, don't forget, they usually are handsome. There's one in worry. Why anybody will follow that guy? It shows how idiotic human beings are. Because he opens his mouth. He, doesn't even, he can't even pretend to be genuine. He talks rubbish from the beginning to the end. Yet, if you see the congregation, again, very handsome man, handsome guy with fine suits, flies a private jet. I need to say this to deliver people. People have written me before that I say a prophet is false. Now, let me just tell you, if you write me like that, eh? That's how didn't Jesus say that that's how it will happen, they will multiply. You open your mouth and talk. About, don't somebody they've never read the Bible, they think you are like them. Please stop that nonsense. I don't even have time for such people. People have been afflicted by false prophecies, by fake prophets. They've messed their lives, messed their families. That young man I'm telling you about the whole family was scattered. The whole the family was scattered. Because they went to one church, the pastor said, your wife is a witch. The, husband went to another, uh, the woman went to another church, they said, your husband is an occultist, and he has sacrificed your daughter for money. The, the sad side is that the man that sacrificed his daughter for money was as poor as could be. So that Jew did not work, apparently. And the woman ran away, maybe with the rest of the children, lest the man donate them. Do you follow my point? And people will be believing it. If you're a true believer, no witch has power over you. What did I say? No witch has power over you. If you're a true believer, add that one. That's what I said. Some people now go and say I said Pastor Bank said that uh, there are no witches. I so. I'm talking to Christians. Number one, most of people they call witches are not witches. They are confused people who are struggling too. One day I was on radio speaking. I spoke like this. One man called him. He said, hey, some mother-in-laws are witches. I said, some sons-in-laws are wizards. <laughs> Why is that the mother-in-laws are the problem? You, you, that they are mother-in-lawing. You are a son-in-law to somebody. You are a wicked soul. Why wouldn't your mother-in-law be a witch? Three Christmases in a row, you never sent her a gift. If I'm your father-in-law, and three Christmases but you don't get a gift from you. I'm a wizard. Just know now. You will see me in your dreams. You are, you are a very, very responsible son or daughter. Three Christmases in a row. He said, ah, but, 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 but daddy in law? you have money now. You never heard a son honors his father? I don't care how broke you are. You will call him and say, daddy, we are broke right now. For that reason, we are sending only a goat. If we had money, we will have sent a cow. Okay, we are broke right now, we can't afford the goat. But at least we can afford the fowl. We will dress it very well, freeze it and say, please, forgive us okay, we can, just, we can just buy a roll of print. What if I don't have money for print? Borrow it. How want your mother-in-law be which you have been eaten up by yourself? You don't have money yet, but you change your car. As I come, I say, oh, congratulations. you goes, do like the worker for back. I don't care. Listen. A son honors his father. Some of these witchcraft can be ended with one or two gifts. I hope you are aware of that. What my, so I will get back to my message. You know we have a new rule. I will preach till I am tired, and you will hear till. I'm tired. Thank you till I am tired. Thank you. you guys have learned these things? And we can't calculate the time for all these off off things. Christmas is coming again. All those of you are afraid to go to the village. You don't have to go. Send. See. You don't need to change your car. You plan to change your car. Don't worry. You change it at that time. All right? In fact, you can't even afford it. Now, dollar has gone beyond your range. It's good for you. <laughs> now, sometimes when God gives problems for your own sake. One man the other day was telling him that he was going to turn 50. He had, he had some money. Came to about, uh, told me, a huge sum. So he wanted to buy himself a particular brand new car as his 50th. birthday present for himself. It's not a Nigerian. Then their currency fell by half. And the, since the cars are imported, the price almost doubled. So you know what he did? He took the money and bought a house. I said, good. Is that not how God blesses people? Yes, said, there are these houses that the government is selling. He said, I just took the money and bought one. Good. No car, but you have a new house. Some of you, the price of a car went out of range. It's for your own good. All the hunger you've been punishing yourself with, your children, your father, God say, enter keke some more, enter bus, enter Uber. That's why I brought Uber now. What's your problem? Take some of that money. Christmas is coming now. Eat everything. I mean, not eat now. Spend everything. Buy print. You know what they call print? I'm giving you practical tips. Buy those materials, like 20 of them. Then order 20 fowls and 5 bags of rice, 50 kg. Then send to that village. Give to your mother to share to all the women in her group. All the witches in the village, they will resign. They will decamp from APC <laughs> to PDP or Labor. I'm telling you, that's how people decamp now. So I'm telling you, that's how people decamp. Why wouldn't they be witches when you are eating all by yourself? Even me, I'm a witch. If now so you they chop all your food by yourself, if you don't give an in that same village, I'm your witch. Just twenty. Very soon say politicians are collecting all the votes. Ask this man. Is that not what politicians do? It's a spiritual principle. This is not America. No, let me not go there. Let me not get into politics. But let me talk spiritual things now. You want to disappear which is from your compound and from your neighborhood, that your small village. That's what to do. Send it to your mother. She'll put your name there. When they come for me, ah, my son sent something, you no, know, eh, eh, Mamochi. She will give Mamochi her wrap, her fowl, and five kg of rice. Let me tell you the truth. When they get home, they'll get on their knees. Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever a maker is, promotion, progress. In He said that if you give your food they the carry it to shrine. If you give some of them will carry it to shrine, some will carry it to church. And the church ones are more powerful than the shrine ones. What's your problem? Why are you afraid of the shrine? I've been telling you how to kill witches. This is how to kill. This is the annual witch killing conference, I'm telling you now. <laughs> Some people will not gather in large churches because they are doing annual witch killing conference. All the witches in your life this year, they will die. God does not want witches to perish. I'm telling you how to activate repentance. Some of these witches, eh? 2,000, they will, they will decamp. You're not buying their vote. You're just trying to tell them you love them, you care for them. And listen, they were never witches. What were seen as witchcraft was their evil, it was their anger against you, which is just because you're very selfish. Some of you are angry with in the village. Is hunger that's the problem? I hope you know. And you have enough money to kill that hunger for a season. After this Christmas, don't be afraid of anybody. Go They Just go, even if you don't want to go, send something ahead. Recruit prayer warriors in your life, for goodness sake. It's like we will pray for you. Some of them will be jealous, I know. Some of them will be angry, I know. But those ones are off. They are in, in fact, their anger and jealousy works against them. But some of them will collect that 2000 that you sent without a roll of print. And they say, ah, they make us sense this. Oh, God. You will bless him for me. God will just carry, file the blessing, Bam. and that one we talk. God go add and join very soon. Blessing will be overflow, overflow blessing, overflow blessing. All them by blessing, people pronouncing good in your direction. Please, you can't charge me time for that. All oh, that I've said, so I was helping you. At now, the wages in your family have reduced. Have you not reduced? They have reduced. They have reduced. Just by the way, some of these things you are pursuing, life, you don't need. It. There's no hurry. Buy land now. Buy land now. There will still be land next year. He said, the price will go up, so you it will go down. What kind of nonsense confession is that? There's a confession I've had for a very long time in my life. When they say, price is going up, I say, do I look like I'm going down? That has always been my confession. When they say, price is going up, I say, brother, I'm not going down. When this dollar crisis started recently, I didn't, lose, I, didn't, I didn't lose sleep over it. I did not lose sleep over it. There was a guy I gave money to import a car for my wife. One year later, I returned my whole, my, all my money back to me, complete. And dollar had lost, um, Naira had lost against the dollar. He gave me the money when Naira was like three sixty. When he gave me back, was like four fifty. You think I was angry? Of course not. I was glad to get my Naira back. I preached a message long ago titled "Take That Loss." Let's end our relationship on the, I mean, like, let's not end our relationship. Let's end this business on a good note. We dealt in Naira, no problem. Give him my naya back. Even though our calculation was based on dollar price, gave him the money, since it didn't work out. Twelve months later was when I got my money back. How did he give me my money back? By the time I finally bought the car, I paid twice the price for a much better car. And I can't even I can't remember what happened now. That like I'm not owing anybody. I just smiled over it. I said, I so life be. Not so life be. That's what I did. I just, not so life be. After they said, lie, good. I said, wait, concern not me. I, I took a huge hit on it because of the devaluation that happened in that period. But I didn't lose sleep over it. I understood the way he did business. He made some terrible miscalculations. Maybe I, doesn't, I don't do things that way. We just had, it was like, I said, no, there's no point reading very bad motives into what he did. It was just bad business. Okay, it's bad. And he was willing to give me my money back. And he did. 12 months later, no problem. Just wrote everything off. And that person took up the job. This time around, I had to cover almost twice the same amount, uh, almost twice the amount of naira as before. Did I die because of it? Of course not. I didn't even lose sleep over it. If I want my wife to complain, I will warn her against grumbling. Use that one to threaten her. If you grumble against the Lord, At the end of the day, God gave her a better car. Far better. Far, that is far better not to be compared. The Lord is good. What I'm going to say, all this worry is not necessary. It's not necessary. The money you have been saving up, I'm telling you, this Christmas, you will spend it. This Christmas. You know, say, November ended with the approach. You go and buy provisions and send to people. Share the money. What are you going to do with it? Don't you know much destroys and thieves do break? Some of you will listen to me by February. Thieves are stolen everything. (laughs) You won't listen. I I know now. Human beings, see, they don't learn easily. Human beings, they can't be stubborn. (laughs) Even those who learn easily is because they were stubborn before. And God cured their stubbornness early. Some some people now, I was thinking of one particular Nigerian. He's in jail in in London. I said, when he comes back, if he hid money somewhere where nobody can reach, I'm feeling sorry for him. You know, there's a way you hide money, eh? The key is with you. <laughs> nobody can even find their way. Even headsmen can't find their way into the place you bury that. So when you are not around, central bank change the naira. <laughs> when you come back, according to Pastor Okemute, you will receive naira for dustbin. Yeah, nobody wants it again. No longer it has value, no more. money It's not worth laying up anywhere. So, when we're saying that if they buy Bitcoin, it will go. I want you know, people will not listen. I want... Them, but you know, sometimes when you are preaching, you don't want to get too specific about some of this. But I couldn't just help that one or cryptocurrency because you see people blowing air into balloon. And people are investing their future in balloon, and then they pull one need to enter balloon. Some people still believe that it's not coming, that it's not deflating. <laughs> I'm looking at them and said, are you okay? So you cannot see air when you, when, you, when you can't identify air when you see it? Okay, if you don't even believe me. Warren Buffett said, give me all the cryptocurrencies in the world. I won't give you $15 in exchange. This guy is called a sage, an oracle, because of his knowledge of financials, financial issues. he man said, "Give me all the money. He said, I won't give you, a, I won't give you anything for it. He said, why? He said, because he has no inherent value. That the only value I can get for it is when I send it back to you. He said, what kind of deal is that? And Bill Gates said, this will not come to a good end. Yet you see young men who know nothing invest in their future. In what men who know? It, because somebody said that it went from $200 to $20,000. And from there it went to $6,000. I said, don't you know that's how they bait people to lose their future? I went to preach like that a few months ago in one church. One guy came and met me. He said, God bless you, sir. He said, I lost 10 million. I look at it. You have seen 10 million before. That is, if you see the guy, small guy. At his age, I couldn't even write 10 million complete. <laughs> <laughs> this guy he said he lost it. When you see what young boys are losing, sometimes you look at yourself, and say, God, Thank God this world is not my home. Because <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, this guy, you he, he said he lost 10 million more naira. Of other people's money mostly. Oh yes. And people just I said, I'll just looking at that, just shake my head. Let me tell you the truth. When you see trouble, dig more into Christ. Anytime I hear of a holler, I say there's kidnapping, I go and pray some more. When the dollar is going, I go and pray some more. That's what you do. You pray. You pray. Say, Lord, see, they said there's trouble, one will travel. Father God, I want to ask you, protect us in our going and our coming as you have promised. The Lord is, is thy is keeper. The Lord is thy shield at your right hand. The sun will not smite you by day, the mood by night. The Lord, will, no, you just quote that scripture, Psalm one twenty one. You dig more. If you were doing it once in six weeks before, now you do it one every day. Dig more into the world for protection. That's how you handle it. Oh, how did I get into all of that? Like I said, you can't charge me for that. Let me get back to my message. I know where I began. He's talking about the ministry of prophets. Remember that? Yes. Yes. How false prophets remove responsibility from you and place somewhere else. Let's get back to the real prophets. Real prophets put the responsibility on you. They say, "You, you know, you are the one that has a problem. Not your neighbor. You are the one that has a problem. Not somebody else. Obey God and it will be well with you. That's what real prophets say to you. So, I know where I began all of that. So when God has a plan... That was a statement I made, if you remember. That if you don't know about it, it doesn't do you what? Good. Because the plan of God must be activated. So that's why Paul said, I'm fulfilling in my body that which is lacking in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And It's not as if Jesus did not die enough for the people as the Lamb of God. It's just that if he did and they don't know about it, it doesn't do them any good. So Paul said, I have an assignment to go around announcing what is the hope of that sacrifice. What did God accomplish through it? So he says, for the people I have preached to, I pray for them that God will open their eyes. He will open their understanding so that they will know the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That is, God's inheritance, the lost portion is his people. And the Israel of God is the allotment of his inheritance. That is what God calls his own on this earth is his people. So anything that's happened on the earth, judge it in relationship with or in relation to how it's affecting the people of God. How it is them. How it is blessing them. So if you see crisis upon our land in Nigeria, say what is the church preaching? What is the church doing? How come there is trouble upon the land? How come there is no peace to him that goes out or him that comes in? And when prosperity comes upon the land, you say, Lord, what is the purpose? You know, I believe that some years ago, God poured abundance of prosperity into this land. But we misused misused it, and we have not been corrected to a large extent. We have not been corrected, and that scares me. Because if you are not corrected, you will do it again, and the problem will be amplified next time. Do you get my point? Because I believe very strongly this crisis will come to an end very shortly, beginning from next year. I have reasons for believing it, and I've heard prophetic words about it, all right? And they're giving accurate timelines. But then what will happen is that if you misuse the peace and the prosperity that he's bringing, ha, trouble will come back again. So the church has to be educated, the church has to be taught, the church has to be you know, corrected so that when God blesses the land, you know that it is, God is careful concerning the, his inheritance. The lost portion is his people. Israel, the Israel of God is the allotment of his inheritance. That is, what God is looking for in this land, okay, are the people he calls his own. So interpret everything like that. Interpret everything. If you see trouble, interpret that God is purifying his people. If you see prosperity, interpret that God has an assignment for the people and is granting them peace. Bear that in mind. So, this is where we are going. What I'm trying to explain. So, the problem I was saying. Is that we don't have enough focus on this power that works towards us who believe. That's in verse 19. There, he said, There is a surpassing greatness of power that works toward those who believe. The problem we have is that we don't focus on it as parents are to make, we don't activate it. That power is not made really in our lives. The word every day presents something else to us to distract us from the power of God. There's a scripture that I, I, I try to explain here a number of times. Let's quickly go back to the book of Luke. Just was t- talking about um, the shrewd um, manager. Do you remember him? Yes. In Luke chapter 16. Because of time, I won't read everything, but you remember there was this manager that was unfaithful, and he squandered his master's possession, so he was going to get fired. So after the owner of the business warned him, the manager said to himself in verse 3, What shall I do, since my master is taking the management away from me? I don't have much else to do. So he planned, in verse 5, and summoned his master's debtors and began to renegotiate their debts with them so that they would owe him favors. Then in verse 8, the confusion starts. That is, in our understanding. And his master praised the unrighteous manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the sons of this age are more shrewd in relation to their own kind than the sons of light. Please notice that very carefully. He said, and it is true, New Living Translations, that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of light. Now, for time's sake, I will not go into much trying to explain, because verse 9 can be confusing to people, but then, let me just say, it was a question. Verse 9 was a question Jesus asked. Am I saying to you, make friends for yourselves by means of the wealth of righteousness, so that when it fails, they will receive you into eternal dwellings? It's obvious it could not have been given that as a commandment, because there's no human being that has eternal dwellings. Do you get my point? Yes, there's none. He gave the answer. He said, no. What I'm saying to you is in verse 10. He who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous mammon or wealth, who will entrust true riches to you. And if you have not been faithful in the use of that which belongs to somebody else, who will give you your own. And he warned that no one can serve two masters in that process. Now, the point I'm making is this. You can see Jesus made it clear what he was saying to people. He was not saying, go and use, like it appears as if he was saying in verse 9, that you're going to make friends with mammon of unrighteousness. He wasn't saying that. He was saying, that's not what I'm saying. That's the common interpretation. But let's get to the main thing I want to teach. He said, the sons of this age, verse 8, are more shrewd. That is, they are more diligent in applying their own principles to life. Do you get my point? That's where the problem is. And that's what I want to, I want to emphasize. The, the problem with Christianity is this lack of diligence in the matters of their own. The sons of this age, you know, something happened, you know, my, my class will you know, because I told you about my class with G's and chat and all of that. So politics is the main I begged them, please, ban politics now so we can talk something else. They said no. If we ban politics, they will talk football. I say football at least is more... Anyway. Policy is always there. So, somebody posted, I won't tell you which party. Somebody posted the picture of somebody who could have been the flag bearer, the presidential flag bearer of a particular party. He said, you, you guys, we said this party had this kind of human being. They now give us this kind of person. So, some of us said that you guys don't get it. The party, said, This is the best candidate. I said, Best candidate for what? To plan the economy. Yes, we agree. To plan um, um, infrastructure development. I said, we agree. But the other, some of us now said, but do you think the party cares, cares about that first? What's the first thing they care about? Winning. Winning. Because if you don't win, you can't plan the economy. They won't give you that power. If you don't win, you can't develop any infrastructure. I said, so the way the parties reason, Some of you said, but this is a better candidate to you. I told my class, I said, to you this is a better candidate. But they will win. Who will win this election overall? Who has a clout to go from the north to the south, from the east to the west, and gather us enough votes in, 20, uh, in two-thirds, get 25% in two-thirds of the states? Your smart guy may not be able to do it. The, the, democracy is a very useless thing. I hope you know. Yeah, very, very useless. Very, very, uh, look, <laughs> democracy is useless. Have you ever voted on which pilot to fly you? We want to vote on who will be your governor. You have never voted who is doctor who will take care of you. Let's, let's talk about democracy. But I want to bring out something. So I was saying, look, guys, leave this, the things you are worried about. It's not what the decision makers are worried about. I told them, I said, listen, do you think Joe Biden was the best person in the Democratic Party to run America? I said, no. But they had to put somebody who could gather enough votes to defeat Donald Trump. Now please, I'm not trying to talk politics here. I want to show you the dedication that the world has to its affairs. I never forgot what Tan said. He was speaking to the, 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 some PDP people. He said, what do you want? Zoning or winning? All of them said winning. He said, let's get the power first, then we'll share it. He said, listen, these are politics here. You win the power first. Then you share it. Say if you share it and then you end up not winning it, you shared nothing. Can you see how calculated politicians are? Some of these are bothering you. It's not bothering them. It bothers them, actually. It's not as if it does it. But he said that if we don't win, it can't bother us further. So let's win first. Then we'll now discuss. Okay, we'll now invite you to come and help us. That was what Jesus was talking about. Dedication. Application. That people give to their matters. He said, but the sons of this world, uh, the, sons of this, of the sons of light, what do they do? They claim to be sons of light. They want, they want to plan their destiny. You know what they do? They go to where the sons of this world are planning their own and they sit and they are taking notes. Therefore, the power that works towards those who believe does not show up in their lives. I hope you're getting my point. They say, well, how would the nation move forward? They use the reasoning of APC, PDP, Labour Party, NNPP, Accord Party, you know, all the other parties. They use that reasoning and then they come together and say, who do we support? God says, look at these idiots. That these are not my children. Why are they behaving like fools? How do we move the nation forward? God says, go and read what Banky wrote. In the little book, let us agree. It's free, so don't think I'm trying to sell something to you. In it, I explain what the church is supposed to do. Now, I just used that one to summarize my point. That how, now, I'm not saying Christians cannot be politicians. Did I say that? I said the church. I've seen churches. Please, if you're a pastor, let's take correction from this. Every political party member should be comfortable in your church. Did you hear what I said? Every political party should have his members comfortable in your church. And you should let them know about politics without bitterness. They should finish service and the APC man gives lead to the PDP man and they go to the house of the Labour Party man to go and have brother's fellowship. Yet one is supporting Abubakartiku for presidents, one is supporting Balati one is supporting Peter Obi. and they sit down and they agree amongst themselves that whoever wins, the will of God must be done. But I'm going to work hard, not pray, work hard that my party will win. But three of us will join our hands and pray for the progress of the nation. But because we are agreed on spiritual principles, God answers us. So at the end of the day, one, one party, one person is sworn in if it happens to be from amongst us. The rest of us will come and congratulate him. And we will tell him, listen, the idea we wanted to use if we were to win in this area is this. You guys should consider it. It might work. What am I going to say? The problem is that the sons of this age do not apply themselves enough. That is what God has done in Christ Jesus. We've been teaching about it on Tuesdays. The same spirit... That raised Jesus from the dead, dwelling in us, gives life to our mortal bodies. That is true. Why did Jesus rise up from the dead? It was because that spirit in him, that spirit in him after the regeneration, after he had paid our our paid the price for the forgiveness of our sins, that spirit in him could not be buried anymore. Peter said, seeing that it was impossible. For death to hold him any longer in his power. He now said that same spirit was what he breathed upon the disciples one by one. When he says, receive holy breath, holy spirit, receive it. He breathed upon them one by one, giving them new life. And if anyone has believed in Christ Jesus, that person has been given that same new life. I hope you're getting my point. However, why does it not show up the way it's supposed to show up? Let's talk about health as an example. They will now tell doctors, uh, the, the Christians, go for an annual checkup. Did I say annual checkup is bad? No. You see where I'm going. They will, ha- will take lectures on diet. One of my beloved brethren, me and her, we're only coiling on one thing, always coiling on one thing. I don't know how many of you have heard of Hallelujah Diet. I tell her it is blasphemy. Say why? I said, by using the word and the hallelujah on that diet, you have placed the name of the Lord on a vain thing. I said, because you are giving us the impression. There's a blessing special in this one. And you, know, you want to know the truth? It's a lie. The oldest woman in the world, I think she died recently or she said, no, when she died. No, when she died, she was 117 years old at that time. Italian woman. She hated vegetables. She ate meat and pasta. Do you know what I said? Yes, two things that they said will kill you early. She ate those two things and lived to be 100, almost 120 years of age. That's how you eat meat and pasta. No. I'm just saying there's no diet that has the name of God on it, especially. There was a time reading the scriptures. I wanted to learn diets from scriptures. The Lord warned me seriously about it. I want to be eating milk and honey. Using olive eating bread, milk, honey. Give me another one. Wine, thank you. Olive oil. Those five things. Drink wine. Drink honey. Meat. Uh, sorry, um milk. And of course all those things that use for sacrifice, lamb, goat, will go down to that. But this will they look me like this if I enjoy you, this boy. So that one day, I wanted to put honey in my tea in the morning. As I was about to, I carried it up like this. I paused. I said, Lord, it's just the taste. It's not the health. I said, just the taste. I like the taste. I, I explained to him that this taste, there's a way it is. Is that okay? Because I know he's looking at me like this. If you eat that honey, looking for health in it, I will put it on admission for three days. The Lord has instructed me with his strong hand. And I'm not joking about it. Never. See. There was one that to us yesterday in my house. I've never even discussed that with my wife, even though she knows what I'm talking about. I wanted to say, This is the warning of the Lord. I won't give you the details now. That, listen, it just proved that your safety is of me. There's no security in anything apart from in me. Okay, I'll give you a bit about the gist. I have a dog, it's a big dog, it has a big head. One day, one sister came to our house, she knocked on the gate. When the dog hit the gate, she ran away. She's outside. Though. And the dog gave a bow. Woof, woof. And went there and jumped on the gate. The gate vibrated. She ran. That's how terrible this dog can scare people. Yet a man came to my house. Knocked. He didn't answer. He put his hand in. Opened the gate. Drove in. Drove his ride in. Offered the goods for my wife. Into one room at the back there. Drove out closed the gate, and called Say I've dropped your stuff in the house. And I was asking myself, where was my dog? <laughs> yeah, because, I, because this guy, he didn't come to steal. He came to deliver stuff. I was afraid for him. Because if that dog heard him, and he said no, he came, he looked under the car, didn't see the dog. The dog was obviously at the back, asleep. <laughs> and did not wake up. My fear was like, because I know where he said he was. I said if this guy showed up, unless you are very trained, you know, some people are good, the reflex person will run. And if you run, number one, you can never outrun a dog. Not a big one. The way these guys run, they were born running. So it's not fear for myself, but it's him I was afraid of. But he taught me a lesson. So when I wouldn't say, you can't tell my companion as the dog. God said, the dog has slept. You know the lesson I took from it? Safety is of the Lord. Yes. He said, the Lord instructed him with a strong hand. And he said, don't call a conspiracy. What these people call a conspiracy, conspiracy neither fear you their fears. Neither fear you their fears. Let the Lord alone be your fear. Let him be your dread. Some people are fearing poverty. Those decisions you took to run away from poverty is what we end in poverty. He said, let the Lord alone let him be your fear. Let him be your dread. Isaiah said, he spoke to me with a strong hand. Warning, don't Call a conspiracy. If you use King James, say confederacy. What these people call a confederacy? Neither fear you their fears. That is why kidnapper, you won't drive me from Nigeria. Economy, you won't drive me from Nigeria. There's nothing. There's nothing. Pastor Banki, what if batting happens to you? What if God does the batting by himself? You, you, you know people don't fear God. They don't fear God. God says, stay here. You live." You leave. Say, why do you live? Say I was hungry. God said, Let me now show you what they call hunger. You will see food, you'll not be able to swallow it. People don't, you know, they don't fear God. That's I tell you when you see trouble, run, run deeper. When they say, "Ha, ah, stay here. Say, God says, Stay here. You say, I can't stay because of hunger. You know what you should do? Carry your Bible, get down your knees in that place, and say, Lord. Hunger threatens thy son. In the name of Jesus, I will not be afraid. Hunger cannot do anything to me. You will be reading scripture. Close your eyes. They are going to shoot you here. Close your eyes so that you can die with your eyes closed. Say, so Lord, I want to praise you till I die, but I won't live here. The person told the story of a farmer he met. Now, he's not the one he did that, that did this thing, all right? He's not he watched on TV. The person telling the story, he's, he's, he's shedding tears. And it's not him. What happened? This farmer has a dog that has they had to do surgery to give it um, prosthetic hips or legs. Because he rode, he drove over the leg of the dog by accident, the farmer he rode his tractor over the dog's leg. Why? He said is it, is it, is it, the dog is a, what a, a, one of these shepherd dogs, you understand? Forgotten the particular breed. He trained the dog. Someone tells the dog stay. The dog stays. So, he was walking, so the dog was moving. Told the dog, stay. Pointing somewhere, the dog went to that spot and stayed there. The man did not know that his tractor was moving. The, the dog tried to shift to look at him, but August said, "Stay." So this dog stayed there until the tractor rolled over him. Then he screamed. Then the owner saw what happened. That this was why the dog wanted to run. (laughs) So the man said, I will do anything for that dog. So he spent thousands of dollars to replace the heap. That is a dog. He said, no, I told him to stay. Now, he was used to teach why Jesus was on the cross. That's what he was using to teach. Why was Jesus on the cross? He said, the father said, Stay. We see small hunger. We run. See, my own is, let me tell something about myself. I came to Enugu having been to Enugu only once in my life before I resumed work here to come and live here in the year 2000. 22 years ago, this September that passed, we're well, in November now. Why did I come to Enugu? I believed won't tell the reasons, the different way God manifested himself now to save time, that this is where he wants me to go and teach the word from. That is why I have been unshakable. I've become like Mount Zion that cannot be moved. Not because I had everything I wanted in Enugu. There was a time arm robbers were everywhere. There was a day the, I was almost robbed. I did not know until they ran away. I drove my ash-colored 300E V-Boot. Went somewhere off near that um, that um, uh, o- Ogui Road. Is it Ogui Road? It's Ogui Road. That off Ogui Road. Uh-huh. Yeah, that whole area. And just off to the left. But if you are going down from this our side. If I, if, I, if I saw the guy I went to see then. I saw him last month at a particular event. The afternoon I parked went to his shop said it was not around. They went to call me. I just stayed there and I saw the boys heading. I didn't think anything of it until they ran away. They were driving slowly and the guy's gun was sticking under his shirt um, like this. They were walking towards where I was. I parked my very sharp ride outside. They wanted to collect my car. I looked back after. That was what happened. So he was walking on the road like this. They were driving in 1505. Four of them were inside. Or three. He was walking. Next thing I knew, i you was know, just looking, i was just standing there, you know, looking very handsome, you know. Came from work, wearing my tie, looking very sharp it was afternoon, waiting for this guy. As they were walking towards me, walking towards. I was just looking, I didn't you know the truth, I didn't think anything. I only thought afterwards. As they were walking towards walking towards them, suddenly from inside the car, the ones inside just shouted. I can't remember the guy's name, let's just find the name. You know, Adam. Adam, 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 come in, come, 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 come. And the guy ran, entered the car, and they took off. And I know that the whole environment was quiet, you know, as if people knew what's was going on. And I stood there like nothing, nothing was happening. My car was only, it was after they left. I saw he's gone. It was after they left that day. oh, these boys were coming to rob me. I never saw what they saw, but I imagine the Lord planted two angels there. He said, come here, I kill you. He didn't see them. His friends saw first. And they shouted for him. I heard them shout. Come, come, come. He ran towards where they were. He opened the door, jumped inside the car, and took off. Twice, I've been awake, seen thieves in my neighbor's house. Twice. One when I was in ekulu one in Independence Layout. Didn't cross my mind to leave any This city is unsafe. What we we'll do is we we'll get on our knees and do what? And pray. So, the things that are getting expensive, we we'll get on our knees and do what? And pray. Why? Because if it says stay, we have to stay. If it says stay, there we stay. I always tell Christians, please, reason with purpose in mind. Don't just be jumping up and down as if you were not sent on an assignment in this world. As if God doesn't have a purpose for your life, as if you will not one day account for what you do with your life. And I can assure you of one thing: one thing you will never tell Him is, "Lord, I live in a good house." You can't tell Him that when it's a give account. You can't tell Him that it's always purpose accomplished according to your commandment. Any house you live in is so as to make your life easier to do the purpose. You can't do the purpose, you can't abandon the purpose for the sake of comfort. But if it gives you comfort in accomplishing the purpose, we thank God for it. What am I going to emphasize? The main problem is that we don't, we have not paid enough attention to that life that is in Christ so as to activate the power therein. That's what the problem has been. So, if we want long life, they say, go and see your doctor regularly. We go. Watch your diet. We watch it. And you expect what works for the unbeliever to work exactly like that for you. See, let me tell you something. Okay? It's important we get this point. I know science. I study medicine. I know the way things are done. There's a time, they say, don't put this in bread again, it causes cancers. But other than the same place, you can use it, don't worry, it doesn't matter. Why? Because they found that it causes cancers in rats. And it was proven over time that the fact that it causes cancers in rats does not mean it's causing human beings. So after many years of observation, they found that it doesn't do like that in human beings. They okay, now it's an artificial sweetener, human beings can use it. Now I'm going somewhere. Even though they test some things in some animals, there's no proof all the time that it works. Exactly. In the same manner in humans. Follow me. I've established that anyone who's in Christ is a new species of being. There was Homo sapiens, Adamus. Remember that? Then there is Homo sapiens, Christus. Do you get my point? If that spirit of Christ that is in the believer, is developed. It changes the way, please, what I'm telling you is a matter of fact, it changes the way earthly things interact with the body of the believer. Why? Even though that body was originally an Adamic body, that was what he meant when he said, even though the body is subject to death because of sin, yet the spirit will give it life. Because of righteousness. Why? Because the same spirit of him that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, dwelling in you, will give life to your mortal body. So, while something interacts with that Adamic body originally, it's potentially there until you activate the spirit of Christ that is in the believer. Do you get my point here? So, why? how does a believer tackle his health or her health. It is not to go and focus on how Homo sapiens Adamus does it. It is to say, what is the spirit in Christ Jesus saying concerning my body now? What kind of life is he giving? I have a duty to activate it. You know where the problem is? All the books we read are written for Homo sapiens Adamus. No no earthly book is written for Homo sapiens Christus. The only place you find Homo sapiens Christus described is in scripture. So, let's summarize it. You go to a health talk, even in church. I've been there. 99% of the health talk in church is about what? Homo sapiens Adamus they activate the natural life even amongst believers. The church I used to attend one day they had a health program. I wasn't there that day. My wife told me about it. I was ashamed. Once I sat down, I heard radio. A reverend sister spoke on radio. I was offended. Why was I offended? They said it was World Glaucoma Day. It was the same season. And she said, preach glaucoma the way you preach the word of God. That's an insult. Be careful. You see, you can joke with many things. And when it comes, you know, there are things that are holy. There are things that are holy. The world tries to trivialize holy things. Please be careful not to joke with things that are holy. Try your best. Like jokes that mock marriage. I stopped laughing at them years ago. If you want to crack a joke about husband and wife, don't mock the institution. I will not laugh. Do not mock the institution, I will not laugh. It's a deliberate thing. You can joke about other that things. That's why you don't mock Christ Jesus and I will be laughing. It's not funny. Can you mock my father and I'll be laughing with you? Can you even mock your pastor and you'll be laughing? It's like, be careful, easy, easy, easy. Are you getting my point? Nobody comes to mock my wife in my presence and I will be laughing. That's what the Bible calls holy things. Say, don't give holy things to dogs. That's why I did when the woman said, Preach glaucoma, the way you preach the word of God. I said, That is a holy thing. You just defiled it. Glaucoma is a sickness, it's affliction. I can't preach it the way I preach the word of God. The knowledge of glaucoma does not cure glaucoma. It doesn't. It doesn't give life to eyes that have gone blind. We're just trying to want people to come to hospital to come and check the pressure on their eyes. I wonder because if they check it before it gets too high, maybe they can prevent them from going blind. I know it works like that, but don't tell me to preach that the way I preach the word of God. Because even though glaucoma has blinded your eyes, if you hear the word I'm preaching this morning, those eyes will see again. Abba, that they had health. health her talk in church. When well, My wife reported to me the things that were discussed. I said, in church? What a shame. In church? I don't think you should speak much about Homo sapiens damas when you get to church. You should be there activating the faith of people. You come to church and teach me, you see, if you eat egg, you will get coronary block. Now, half of the things they talk there in those places lies. Anyway, you know, most people don't know anything. So, so A lot of people who have not heard of many things, they come and sit down to be teaching people health talk. I'll just be laughing. say, so don't eat oil that is floating; Eat the one that has the beast. 99% nonsense. I that I'll just be laughing. There was a time they were going around telling people to drink alkaline water. Did you hear that rubbish that time? And the advertising on radio, some of you made money from it. God forgive you. Those of you who drank it, don't worry. God doesn't need to forgive you. It was a waste, was waste of your money. You are the one that needs to forgive yourself for foolishness. You are buying it. They say there's kettle which you use to boil water to come alkaline. Your well water, drink it. Is alkaline water <laughs> rubbish and nonsense. The point I'm making is that people will now gather every day to hear discussions on Homo sapiens Adamus. So the life of Christ in them lies dormant. So they live life having lived like Adam, even though they were born again. Why? Because the life of Jesus needs to be activated. It needs to be activated. Number one way you activate it is knowledge. You have to know about it. You have to talk about it. You have to ruminate about it. You have to continually make a demand on that which the Lord has spoken. God said, I have given you the land of um, uh, uh, the Amorites and all of that. By the time you finish He said, now begin to contend with them in battle. So, what I have given you does not fall into your last automatically. You start contending with them in battle. There's something I want to do. I'll find a scripture. I want to compile medicine for the aging. One of you, I've said it now, one of you remind me to do it. I want to compile what I call it. So, by the time you hit a particular, once you cross 40, start drinking it. Start drinking it. Different tablets. This yellow one in the morning, this blue one at night. This green one on weekends. You know what I mean. By medicine? My son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and medicine to all their flesh. These is words. I want to compile them because the way you go for a checkup to preserve Homo sapiens Adamus, whose body is subject to death in the same manner, or much more, should you focus on activating the spirit that gives life to that mortal body. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. That I think the problem we have had is that Christians have not done what Jesus said. He said the sons of this age, they are more shrewd in dealing with the affairs of this world than the sons of light. What do do I mean? The sons of light don't say, okay, how do we deal with the affairs of life, the affairs of light? How do we ensure that the life that we have manifests for the world to see? How do we arise and shine? Now that our light has come, Jesus gave an instance there. He said, that, old man, that uh, retiring manager, how did he handle his affairs? He so one, he made friends for himself. With what? Mammon of unrighteousness. He made friends with things that can perish. He said he's mistaken because they cannot take him into eternal dwellings. I hope you're getting my point. He's mistaken. They can't take him into eternal dwellings. He said, So, you, what are you going to do? You are a son of light. You are sons of light. How will you take care of your future? How will you take care of your destiny? Jesus said, I'll give you three keys. One, he who is faithful in little will be faithful in much. Key number one to establish your financial security. One, be faithful in little. No matter how little it appears, be faithful in doing it. He said, clean the chest, clean it well. Make your bed in your own house. Iron your shirt. Arrange things properly. Get to work on time. Be faithful in little. Key number two. He said he key number two. I want to bring it. Up. I know the three, I just want to bring it in the other in which you give it. He said, He is unrighteous in little things. Okay, we're talking about be faithful and be righteous in little things. If you have not been faithful in the use of unrighteous wealth, who entrusts true riches to you? Key number two be faithful in the use of money. If God gives you money, be faithful. Stop being spendthrift. Stop being an impulsive spender. Everything you see, you must buy. It's Angela's wedding. You buy, should it should be six months later. You are still paying. Are you all right? You take a loan in dollars. and you any money in Naira? What is wrong with you? It's simple faithfulness. Common sense. Say, I'm going to send you 10,000 Naira. In it, needs seed for the sower and there's bread for food. Let me see how you plant your seeds. Let me see how you eat your bread. There are two kinds of seeds in money. There's spiritual and there's physical. What I mean by spiritual seed is the one you give out. The one which you honor people. The one which you uh, you help the poor. Those who have less than you do. And there is physical seed. What is physical seed? The one you use to buy a book to fill your head with knowledge. Somebody say, empty your pockets into your head. So they give you money every time. It's not every time you eat. At times you buy a book. One good meal at some of these are 18 joints two thousand naira. A good book one five. Go hungry once for goodness sake and buy a book. That's the physical scene. You're a fashion designer. You're a furniture maker. Yes, this year you totaled everything. You're able to pocket for yourself. They buy 100K a month. So, what are you going to do? I cannot buy a car. I say, Don't be stupid. This is not the best furniture in the world. People make clothes better than this. Register for a course, for goodness sake. That's seed. I say, Please, I'm going to sh- close my shop for six weeks. Where are you going? I need to go to Lagos. I need to go to Ghana. I'm going to Abuja. There's this course I registered for online. We're doing the physical ones? So, so and so, and so, so, please. And you close the shop, it's physical seed. When it gives you money, it's like, nah, 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 eat, 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 eat. There are things people are doing you can't do. And you're in the same profession. I'm not an interior decor specialist, but I was in Abuja the other day. The hotel I stayed in. I photog- I was showing my wife about two nights ago. No, yesterday night. I photographed the, with the, the, the simple decor, very simple. I said, look, we need to do this in this our sitting room. She looked at it, it looks nice. You go to places, they do decor, and you are into interior decoration, and you can't do it, and you are sleeping. You shouldn't sleep again. Pursue witches. <laughs> <laughs> That's the witch you should pursue. Ignorance. One of our brothers, oh, no, one day, he made cloth for me. Then later I just that I took to another person. This guy who I took it to, good tailor, very good, but he took the cloth. You spend the first few minutes looking at it. Who made this? You know, like maybe the leg is too long. That kind of. just shortened this for me. Wow. stitchy. When you see that kind of thing, and you are still sleeping, and you are in the same business, you can't sleep. No, that's time to wake up at night and push all the witches. Witches of ignorance. You will live my life. You will go online. You will contact and say, please, sir, can I meet this man? Is it the kind of machine you use or the kind of hand you use? I need to know which one. Because from now on, my own level (laughs) must rise like this say. That's what they call physical what? Seed. You take your money. If you have to travel and say, oh God, can I work with you for two weeks? Okay, one month. Don't pay me. What's my purpose of coming here? I want to learn this thing that I saw you do. And it comes, nobody's giving you for free. It's called physical seed. You can't be you can't be used to mediocrity. Or can manage it like that. People they manage them. When they talk to one of our sisters, she does that business. I said it was my wife that was talking to her. She said that because I said, when you finish, well, why don't you just do quality control? You measure somebody, you said, Look, your chest is whatever, maybe forty five. When you finish, check it now. You're not giving me check che- 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 that is 47 or the one that is 42. I'll not be coming back. So my wife now asks, I say, okay, what do your other customers say? They manage it like that. I say, like Jesus said, like God said, they are not my children. You are not my disciples. You are not one of mine. If you can say that. So if your customers manage it, you are happy. Believe me, you are sick. Success wise, you are sick. Jesus said, this is your second key. Be faithful in the use of money. And third key, let's read it again. Verse 12. And if you have not been faithful in the the use of that which belongs to somebody else, who will give you your own. Third key, be faithful in that which belongs to another person. You're working for federal government, be faithful. You're working for state government, be faithful and righteous. Because you use the word righteous there also. In verse 10, faithful in a very little thing, unrighteous. So he applies down the line. State government, be faithful. A big corporation, be faithful. A small one, be faithful. You're working in somebody's house, cleaning his grass, be faithful and be righteous. You're driving somebody's car, be faithful and be righteous. He said, these are the three keys that the source of light used to secure their destiny. These, he said, are the three keys that the source of light used to secure their destiny. These are the three keys. But you know what we do? We don't even sit down to do seminars to learn these things. There's one advert that pops in my face all the time because I read my news online. Nigerian man explains how to become rich with Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin. I'm sure, I'm sure you see it all the time. That's what we want to register for. Seminar on how to become rich with Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin. Of course, it's obvious you want to be deceived. Do that. The advice you see, you know you are begging, please deceive me. Please deceive me, I'm an idiot. Please, how else do you, please now, come and steal my money. God will not even punish the people because they were, they, they were so clear that we want to deceive you and you say, please deceive me. It's obvious now. You are a Nigerian man. You want to make money from Bitcoin without buying Bitcoin. Who go buy them for you? Only. <laughs> you see people all the time pursuing how to make money. They don't pursue these three things. If you know how much of Christian's money they've collected, this cryptocurrency even makes me laugh. Do you know Nigeria was the third market for cryptocurrency in the world? Are you aware of that? Nigeria. That was our federal government CBN at the point in time banned banks and began to find them. If you do any cryptocurrency transaction, we'll find you. Because a lot of the dollar that people were demanding, it became huge. Number one reason we demand dollar in Nigeria is to buy imported um, refined products. We are praying to God that that will end in the next three months or so. All right? Yeah, it will end in Jesus' name. Amen. Another reason we do, the, one of the major things that came number two was Cryptocurrencies. So CBN said, "Why is dollar getting expensive?" They said the boys are using to buy cryptocurrency. Elon Musk went in there and made a clean out. He cleaned out, tweeted something, invested in crypto. It, it pumped up the price, then offloaded. People did not know. That was the first time Tesla ever made money when he traded in crypto. It hurt me personally because I knew at least half of that money came from Nigeria. Made about four hundred million dollars. I knew half of it is from little boys and girls. Who think they can get rich easily? At the end of the world, they all became poorer. It's sad. It's very sad. Look, you know, the truth is that you know, Christians need to learn to trust God some more. Listen, let there's something about walking with God. Just close your eyes and say, Lord, if I perish, let me perish. Then, you will, then that's when your life will be preserved. This is all run up and I'm trying to preserve your life. It's why, look. See, I don't want you to get to a point in which you just feel like you're trapped in life. You can't go for you can't go backward. Why? Because you will spent all your life chasing material things, chasing earthly comfort, chasing earthly security. God has given you three things. Either you believe it or you don't like it. Go away if you don't like it. So you want to be financially secure in your future, one, identify these three things. Be faithful in little things. So that small job you have right now, God says, stay there. Stay. 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 Why? Because it's little. If you're looking for a big thing, I will not bless you. I never said, Be faithful in big things. I said, He that is faithful in little is the one that will be faithful in much. So please, go to the small thing. It's my opportunity, your opportunity to prove faithful before me that I can give you big things. Big things are always a gift from God. They're a gift from God. I've had all kinds of methods. People have taught me before how to make money for ministry. Anyway. I didn't buy them, so Satan realized that this bank will not listen, so he left me long ago. Left me long ago. I said, listen, any, any method I want to use that will now obstruct the flow of the word is of Satan. I just told myself, listen, and God taught me that one very clear from scripture, from experience. Say so anything you need, ask me for it. Anything you need. Don't. There are times where I've tried to play God while you, you know, just go, smoke, mago, mago, and I just imagine Jesus just looking and say, bank I get sense past you. Do you get my point? You know, you can stylishly beg for money." Say, Lord, I will never ask anybody for money. I never, ask. but anytime you see a big man, you present what the ministry is doing to them. But i will never ask anybody for money. Jesus was looking and said, "This black guy, I have more sense than you. I, I learned those things very early in my life." So, ministry, I don't beg anybody for money. You hear? For some people, think I'm, I say that people should not give. No, I never, because you know I don't say that. But personal needs, ministry needs, the Lord has made it clear. Banking, if you need anything, you know where to get it. Where is that place? Yes. Prayer, thank you. You ask. Get on your knees. Get on your, your knees and ask. And after you have asked, relax. Watch it over time. Through my process, I have my own process, I will bring things to pass in your life. Leave it like that. Meanwhile, be faithful in little. If you say, King what needs 10 billion naira, God says, no problem. And I send you 10,000 naira. Take that 10,000 naira and make sure you are effective in it. And I can tell you, if you're a minister, come for our minister's conference. Maybe if I remember, I'm not promising I will, but I would like to talk about tools of ministry. That 10,000 naira, there's a way you can make it effective. You'll be getting results that those with ten billion are not getting. A lot of, a lot of pastors, are, a lot of young men, they are looking for money. When is it they are looking for money? They draw budget. I said, joblessness is is very good for drawing budgets. Those who are very jobless, <laughs> they can draw budgets. We we'll buy three uh, different amplifiers for, for for subwoofer, for Twitter, for this. You buy. You now write budget. Now be present. You want to do ministry. You have a budget of $35 millionaire. He says, Sai, We need you to come to our aid because we are very small in our church. You are very stupid. That's the reason you I know you don't need the money. People sometimes come to me and say, We need you to come to our aid because we are small. And in my mind, that's why you don't need the money. So don't be silly, my friend. You need 35 million and you are only 25. <laughs> How is you, for example, you don't need an expensive microphone. You don't even need the microphone at all. You are only 25 can't do it here. He said, boss, I want to record. Buy a recorder with a cheap microphone. Put it on your chest. Every time you see me, I have a recorder on me. I don't mean I'm recording our conversation. I mean, like, open my bag. Israel will say, please send me this announcement. Wherever I am, I just lock my door in the office. Bring out my recorder. Pin it on my chest. Record an announcement there. Put it on my computer. No, amplify it. Adjust the sound. Mix, mix. Everything Why to Israel like that. That recorder goes with me everywhere. It's always in my bag. Good enough; it's rechargeable. I plug to my laptop, it charges back. That's the kind of thing you should be looking for money to buy. But during the budget of thirty-five million. We're trying. To, we're thinking about going on television. Yeah. I don't vex. <laughs> 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 I don't You know why the only wants to go on television? If this one is on TV, people will now come to the church looking for money to go on television. I want to give God the glory. We have been on TV. Right now, we are on so many radio. We, we, we discontinue TV for a number of reasons. Well, Anyway, we discontinue TV all right, for a number of reasons, but we do mostly radio. Whether not television or radio, we have never had money problem paying anybody. I've never had to write anybody help us with money. The only time we have ever asked for help it was to transfer money out of Naira to dollars when it became difficult through our normal banking system. And the number of times, I'm not joking, one brother said, called me one day say said he wants to send a thousand pounds to the ministry. I said, don't send it to us. I gave him the number of the, our broadcasters, good enough, they had an office in U.K., give them thousand pounds for us. So he wired them a thousand pounds, they calculated it for because they had normal bills in dollars. I said, okay, this is how much has been paid for you guys, next time you pay us this amount of money. That's what I've ever needed help for. I'm I never uh, go, go on radio. One guy came all the way one day to Enugu here. Some people don't know you want to they want to turn me off you when I'm preaching don't pay attention. I'll just stop liking you assume you I'm a single man all right I'm not single I'm very married though so'm just but if I was a single man okay and I'm, pre- I'm a preacher and I meet you somewhere and I'm liking you. you know how you make sure that I don't like you again Don't even drive me don't say I don't like you pastor go. just come for service and when I'm preaching be filing your nails. Then get up, go outside, go and take a call, come back and sit down. All the love I used to attract to that church has left, has left instantaneously. So this pastor came one day, came, say, came to see me. He sat throughout, the, I was teaching the old site, uh, our my venue, and he did not pay attention. He got up to go and take calls at least two or three times. At the end of the day, he came to ask me a question. I was asking him that when I went on radio, how did they affect the attendance? In my heart, I was rebuking him. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan. You don't mind the things of God, but the things of church growth. Yes. He, came, he, came, he, he traveled from out of town to come and ask me for growth strategies. Since he used to hear me on radio from, he came from somewhere in Anambra. He wanted to say, when you went on radio, how did they affect the growth of the ministry? I told him, I don't know. I did not go on radio to affect the growth. I told him straight, I have no idea. And I wasn't lying. I had no idea. It took us literally years before I remember to start asking people on radio, please, you can join us physically for service, for meetings. It was years after I had been on radio. I wasn't inviting anybody. So, only if we had a special program. Listen, Jesus gave us the keys. If you want to succeed in life, these are the three things. But the point I'm making is that only disciples listen to such things. Because if you don't have faith in God, you won't bother. Why should I be faithful in that which belongs to somebody else? When that person will not say to me, let me ask you a question, simple, yes or no. Was Jacob faithful in that which belonged to Laban? Did Laban settle yes. to him, mm-hmm. no. Ten times he defrauded him. Changed his wages. Last question. When Jacob was leaving Laban, who was Richard? Yes. Who settled Jacob? Yes. God by himself settled Jacob and defended Jacob. So, wherever you are walking, please, don't. they won't say to you, leave that. You are not walking so that they will say to you. When you finish walking, walk away and don't feel any anger and animosity. I did not come here to be faithful to you. I came here to use you to be faithful to God. From God comes my reward of the inheritance. Not you. So, those who don't have that faith, they can't believe the words. But those who have received the spirit, those who Jesus has breathed upon, Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the same Spirit that raised me from the dead. Receive the same Spirit that made it impossible for death to hold me any longer in his power. She received that. They are the ones that hold these words. When you hear about reigning in Christ, that's what mean. We don't reign in Christ by Obojo. You know Obojo. I'm a Christian. I reign. You do what I say. I'm a Christian. I reign. No. Reigning is a... Is a ah. We'll talk about that. hopefully. Get there next time. But how Christians reign, you'll be surprised. How did Jesus overcome the world? I'll tell you, he went to the cross and died. Do you know that? That's how he overcame the world. How Christians reign, you'll be surprised. Sometimes. Joseph, how are you going to reign? Go and serve. Serve Potiphar. Serve in jail. Then in serving Pharaoh, the authority of Pharaoh will back every word you, you utter. Joseph did not have any authority in himself. You know that. Who had the authority? Pharaoh. Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh now uttered. Henceforth, if you don't say so, my princes will not eat. Henceforth, anything you say is law in Egypt. People did not fear Joseph. They feared Pharaoh. As long as Joseph served Pharaoh, he had power. What am I saying? Listen. The way by which we reign in Christ, is what I'm talking about, is by obeying this instruction of the Almighty. For example, the house of Potiphar. Joseph was faithful in little. He was faithful in money. He was faithful in that which belonged to somebody else. He ended up being the most powerful person in that house. And when it was time for God to lift him up, He removed him from the house of Potiphar and said, look, where we are going to the, the route to where we are going, it goes down first. It's a bit muddy there." Joseph said, "Let us go." So they went down, mud, dirt. They kept on going down. Lord, where are we going? We are going somewhere, but we have to go down the steps at the end. What was that place? Prison. And then from there he climbed to where God ordained for him to be. How do Christians reign? It's simple. It's by following these same principles that activate that life. That's what I'm saying. That life. People of God, Homo sapiens Christus is not the same as Homo sapiens Adamus. It's not. But the life that makes Homo sapiens Christus unique has to be what? Activated. He said the kingdom of God suffers what? Violence. The violence, we take it by force. We have to take it. We have to take it. I was talking about health as an example. How the things of this life relate with us is not how it relates with those who only have this flesh and don't have a spirit activating life for them. So our focus should be on activation of life. So take pills. Medicine. You know that medicine I'm talking about? The same way people go regularly go for check up. In the same way. You regularly go for check-in. Top up, thank you. You go for top up, you do for check-in. You sit down and you cleanse yourself of all defilement of flesh and spirit. Something is making me say this, alright? I'm not saying it's a word of knowledge, it's an experience I've had over the last few weeks. Please, I want to beg everybody, get rid of bitterness, it will ruin your life. So I think a lot of people could get stroke, hypertension, glaucoma. You know, a heart disease, diabetes, cancers, thank you. Bitterness is one of them. Get rid of bitterness. That is, in fact, bow your head now. No, not later. Begin to pray. Say, Lord, any bitterness in me, I reject it. Bitterness. 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 What is bitterness? Somebody hurt you when you were young. Your father did something. Your mother did something. Your friend did something. Somebody betrayed you. Your former husband. Hey, all kinds of things. Your wife. Just get rid of bitterness. Start laughing at every negative thing that was done to you. People defrauded you. You were kidnapped. Headsmen destroyed your farm. Killed somebody there. Just, just laugh them over. Laugh them off. I wanted to say, laugh them off. Say, Lord, I'm just doing to get rid of bitterness. The Bible says that this root of bitterness will spring up and many are defiled. Sometimes they are defiled in their body. They go mental. Get rid of bitterness. Say, Lord, I forgive. I get rid of bitterness. Bitterness. I get rid of bitterness, I get rid of bitterness, I get rid of bitterness. Peter looked at Simon. He said, you are still in the gall of bitterness. As a result, you are under bondage to iniquity. What does bitterness do? It gives people over to bondage. They are bound to iniquity. They are bound to iniquity. They start falling sick. I remember Ken telling the story of one pastor. He had had surgery to cure his ulcer. But the ulcer wouldn't go away. Why? Genocide. Bitterness against other pastors. Settled in his stomach as ulcer. It's settled in his stomach as ulcer. Get rid of bitterness. Let's activate the life that we have. Homo sapiens Christus. There's a life we have in Christ Jesus. It's curing glau- glaucoma. If you ha- Anyone who thinks he has an eye issue they put your hand there and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive life for my eyes. Anywhere you have affliction, put a hand there now. If you are listening to me remotely, I want you to do that. Put a hand on your device. You are listening through your phone, hold it with your left hand and put that right hand wherever the affliction is. Say, Lord, now in the name of Jesus, according to your word, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in me. He gives life to my mortal body. Let healing come in that life over these eyes now in the name of Jesus. Do that. If you are watching on the, you know, a smart TV, put your hand on that TV. Put a the hand there and put the other one on your body. If you are watching on your computer, put a hand on your computer and put the second one on where the affliction is. And say, I receive life. There's a spirit. That's why Jesus could not stay dead. Peter said, God raised him from the dead, seeing that it was no longer possible for death to continue to hold him in his power. His power of resurrection. is a life that is in Christ. And Jesus came and breathed it upon every one of us. He said, receive the new life. Receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have received it because of new birth and righteousness that you have. Receive life.